when a construction project is over, you don't just all wind up with a new shiny PowerPoint that you can go show off at a presentation or like a very well-tailored spreadsheet. You have a building done at the end. You've made something that's gonna have a real physical impact. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Adrian Hatch. He's the CEO of Imagina. Adrian is a self-described lifelong learner, geek and entrepreneur with a passion for innovation, creativity, and driving the future. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So how'd you get into the construction industry? Absolutely. Uh, sort of circled my way into it. So wrapping up at uh, Syracuse University, I was looking for an opportunity to kind of apply new emerging technologies to a real tangible tough problem. You know, there's a lot of startups that seek to make one thing on the internet work a little smoother, something like that. Those are all great product ideas, but I was wondering where are there like really big sticky problems, you know, things of the scope, like we invented digital accounting in the 80s. Uh, what's a, something of similar scope today? Um, and was lucky enough to get con uh, connected with some folks at the university with a family history in the construction industry. Um, you know, I had taken some project management classes and gotten a little bit exposed to construction project management through those curriculums, had done a little bit of building as high school summer jobs in years previous. Uh, so I had a little bit of exposure, but it was very exciting to learn that at that time, this was an industry almost just starting to digitize. Uh, as we were talking to professionals, we were learning about this new exciting software called Procore that people had just started to adopt and also learned that there were a lot of problems that hadn't been solved yet, hadn't even really been looked at yet, uh, where you, you look at a, an office and you see all the different places that entrepreneurs, startups, and businesses have found a way to apply technology to solve problems. Um, that same effect hadn't seemed to really hit construction yet. And uh, we started off looking at other verticals. We looked at opportunities to train professionals for different tasks and kept circling back to this problem of uh, communicating on the construction job site, managing the project, moving work forward and figured there's gotta be a way to apply some of these new emerging techs, virtual augmented reality to solving some problems here that uh, the shiny rectangle model of computing wasn't enough for where the laptop and the smartphone couldn't get the job done. Uh, so as much as I'd love to say, I've got a lifelong background in construction, worked in the field and all that, I actually gained all that experience in the process of learning how to build what we built in Imagion, uh, shadowing a lot of superintendents, spending a lot of time on job sites, learning a whole lot about this industry and uh, how we could help. Yeah, awesome. And there's nothing wrong with getting into the construction industry through happy accident. <laughs> yep. uh, so I loved on your LinkedIn, you described yourself as I read in the, the intro for a passion for innovation, creativity, and driving the future. How does that tie into the construction industry for you? Absolutely. That's got to be one of my favorite parts about working in this business, actually, is that when a construction project is over, you don't just all wind up with a new shiny PowerPoint that you can go show off at a presentation or like a very well-tailored spreadsheet. You have a building done at the end. You've made something that's going to have a real physical impact on a lot of people for a long time. Uh, I live in San yeah. Francisco. There's buildings here that are 100 years old um, or older, you know, across the US. People work in offices that were built over a century ago for totally different businesses. The work we do today on a construction project has a huge impact on the future for a very long time and for all the people who use that building. 
Um, so being able to make something about that building that much better, being able to make that project go that much more efficiently, uh, being able to improve the next build and the next one after that, I think that has a tremendous impact on the future. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So in your mind, what does the, the future of work really look like for the construction industry? Absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot more of it. Um, you know, I think uh, it's interesting. Some of the skepticism and some of the resistance, I think, to new technologies in any industry is what's going to happen to people's jobs. You know, are people mm -hmm. going to are we going to have less space for people in this business as more stuff gets digitized and automated? And I think anybody in this business knows there's so much work to do in construction um, that there's no hazard of that. I think the future of work in construction means more bids and more projects for every company. Um, as we start to apply more of these digital technologies, more automation to reduce inefficiencies, to let us build faster and build better, uh, we're going to be doing more and more of it. Uh, the, the planet keeps growing. We need more housing. We need more infrastructure. We need more airports, bridges, roads, and tunnels. Uh, and I think that the future of work is making it possible to build those faster, more efficiently and, and more frequently. Yeah, I agree. I don't think technology coming into the, the space is, is threatening in that it takes away people's jobs. I think it is going to change people's jobs and, and kind of morph what you're, how you're leveraging your job and, and mm -hmm. what you're doing with the technology. But I don't think it, it takes away completely. You can't have just, uh, you know, self-performing robots all by themselves doing everything in construction. There's, there's too much to do there. So yeah, I think it just enhances and is exciting. That's it. If, if you've got a bricklaying robot that can lay that foundation, it just means that now your human bricklayers and your masons can go work on the more complex stuff that much faster. Um, you know, with our own customers, we see teams that save a lot of time on the management side, have BPs free up hours and hours during their week. That time just gets spent immediately on another project that now moves right. forward that much faster. Uh, because that lag time is used productively instead. Yeah. So how will the, the role of, of work people on the job site, how does that change as more automated and digital systems reach into the construction industry? Yeah, this is one that I'm honestly curious about. I think it's going to depend on the kind of work being done and, and what's being digitized. Uh, you know, you can see, I think for the most part, this technology is enhancing what a human can do. So it's letting that crane operator be much more efficient and effective. Uh, there's a startup in San Francisco called Quartz that builds uh, camera systems that can be added on to cranes aftermarket. And what it means is that now that operator who used to just have the view through the cab and maybe a radio down to someone on the ground has a 360 digital view of their surroundings, can see what the crane sees, so to speak, out on the ground where they're doing the lift. Yeah. Uh, that's not replacing that crane operator, but it is letting them get the job done much faster. So I think that people out on the job site, they get augmented. They're being more enhanced by the technologies available to them. It follows the pattern we're used to. Uh, an earth moving machine lets us dig the earth much faster than we could before, but it's still a person operating. Um, a digital remote site meeting just lets us hold that meeting without having to travel. Uh, so I think there will be some tasks that are replaced almost entirely by automation. You know, we're all waiting for that bricklaying robot to come through and make it so you can just get that outline built that much faster. Uh, we've seen prefab facades, meaning you don't have to do the same kind or amount of fabrication on the job site. Uh, so there are some tasks, some kinds of work that I think will almost entirely be replaced by a mechanical or digital system. 
But I think that's going to be serving the task of augmenting people to get more work done elsewhere. Uh, just like that impact driver saves you the work of turning the screwdriver manually, it, it just means you're outdoing screws that much faster across the site. Create a common data environment for your team with 360 Sync. 360 Sync automatically transfers, organize, and archives project files across applications. It is the only way to automatically sync project files between your server, Procore, BIM360, Bluebeam, or any other platform you use. 360 Sync is the only document management system designed by and for the AEC industry. Users have automatically transferred over 1 million files and over 2 million syncs. Set it and forget it. Create a common data environment for your team today using 360 Sync. Visit asti.com slash 360sync for more information. Yeah, it's about efficiency gains and, and plays all across. Uh, so in your opinion, what does the, the power of AR and VR then hold for the industry? Yeah, and, and this was kind of the thesis we settled on that, that got us into construction is that AR and VR bring some unique benefits to construction that make that useful for AEC professionals in a way that a laptop, a desktop, a smartphone really can't be. You know, I mentioned that shiny rectangle model of computing. Um, when somebody came up with a GUI display and figured, hey, I can take my desktop and put it on there. Those are two 2D things where you move things around. That was really, you know, the moment the metaphor we've settled on for computing since then. Sure, we're, it's a little smoother using a tablet or an iPhone. You just touch what you want, but you're still relaying on using a 2D screen held in your hands or sitting on a desk to tell the computer what you want it to do. Augmented and virtual reality, especially augmented reality, brings that computer onto the site around you, into your space, not vice versa. It's not sitting you in front of the computer and making you reach in there to get your job done. It's bringing all the power of the computer out to the space that you're in right now. So I think one reason that construction has been slower to digitize than some places where we already sit at a desk, you know, like back office insurance or software development, is that construction needs that tangible connection. So I think AR is going to have a huge impact on construction over the next few years. I think Imagion's a small part of it. I actually was just very excited to see our neighbors hyperframe at the industrial grade innovation trade show. They're another HoloLens related startup using mixed reality for a totally different application than us. They're guiding installation of steel framing out on the job site. Again, look, you could bring up a video about how to do that framing on an iPad and look at it, but that's completely different from a hologram telling you where that steel has to be placed in three dimensions. Um, so I think it's going to have a big impact. It's going to bring computing that used to be locked up in that laptop and couldn't be that useful out in the field, out to the field. Um, and virtual reality, much the same. But I, I do think those benefits will be more in the office. You know, you get that ability to take stuff that was stuck on the laptop and put it in the space around you. Let's take our render of that hotel Let's have the owner's rep actually stand in the room so they have the look and feel before we ever break ground on the site. Uh, and, you know, as, as I'm sure any AR, VR geek can tell you, we're all expecting that at some point those techs are going to kind of merge. Your AR glasses will be able to shut out the environment 100% and put you in a VR space. Uh, so I think you'll start to see more and more of those kind of overlay use cases, changing the visuals of the site around us. Uh, using those glasses or those wearables or even that handheld AR to bring that 3D data into the job site in an immersive, you know, tangible way.
long answer to a short question. <laughs> no, that's, that's really interesting, especially when you, you were talking about them really kind of merging together, AR and, and VR. One of my, uh, my questions that I always like to ask a, an AR VR expert is, is which one is, is kind of more practical. It seems like people kind of lean to, to one more than the other sometimes. So on a, a practicality sense, in today's current form before they, they start merging together, what do you see on the, that it's more practical? This is a fun question to answer because uh, it's a pretty nuanced answer. Uh, like, let's think about which one's got more users right now. You know, at first you might think, well, Facebook sold a whole lot of Oculus Quests. There's a lot of people playing VR. There might be more customers for that now, just broadly. But on the other hand, how many people know somebody who's using Snapchat all day long, who's playing Pokemon Go? Those tools really are augmented reality, either by putting an interactive 3D lens around what you're pointing your camera at, or telling you, hey, there's a Pokemon gym 10 blocks down the street, you should go there and, and win a battle. Uh, that's augmented reality. Our reality's already been augmented. You take Google Maps out, and it's telling you, here's where you're standing, and around you, here's where you can get coffee five minutes away. Just because it's not in a pair of funny glasses doesn't mean that's not technology augmenting your reality in a way that you know sits over the real world. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think they're to kind of get around that, you know, scoot around your question. That was kind of a trick response to your question. <laughs> I think from an industry standpoint, AR is going to have more practical application, uh, especially as it starts to merge more of that VR use case. Uh, I think that here's the thing, visualizing an architectural model and virtual reality is a brilliant and valuable application for that tech. It's so good, people were writing research papers about it in the 70s, when the first person thought of the idea of making a VR headset wasn't too much longer after that people were writing papers about looking at 2D drawings in 3D through a headset. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of value from that. But when it comes to the, the long tail I think it's AR because of what I said earlier, that AR brings the value that's inside that computer out into the space around you. And because AR is on mobile devices now, iPads and iPhones. So you don't have to rely on somebody adopting a wearable technology. You don't have to find that headset that has just the right capabilities. You can start by adopting AR on the devices you're already using and you're already used to. Uh, so that's where I think there's going to be a lot of practical impact from augmented reality that only grows over the next few years as our phones get more capable of using these tools um, and people keep coming up with more clever ways to bring the value of the computer out to the real space. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions around AR or VR in construction? Yeah, I think it's the I thought of the I thought over this one before the call. I think uh, one of the biggest misconceptions is that you have to flip the table on your whole way of doing work in order to adopt this new technology. Mm. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs love to use the word disruptive. And look, it's good to be disruptive in some ways. Like let's right now I have to drive eight hours to get to my site meeting. Yes, please disrupt that. Let me drive no hours to my site meeting. Yeah. But on the other hand, look maybe my grandfather started this business. We've been building buildings the same way for 150 years. Don't completely change that just because you've got one tiny thing that might you know, raise our bottom line a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of other moving parts involved here. 
I don't think AR and VR has to completely disrupt your business. I think they're exciting and new technologies. They're so different from the way we typically use a computer that you can look at that and think, I'm going to have to radically change how my company does business. Oh, we're going to have to completely alter how we hold a site meeting. We're going to have to completely change how we do space planning. And I think that's one reason that tech has been slow to uptake in the construction industry because entrepreneurs and developers come into this industry with that attitude too. Like, hey, we're going to totally change how you do things. Mm -hmm. In reality, this has to change the way it always has. How did we get to mechanized earth moving one step at a time by replacing a crew with shovels with a digger? Same thing here. You're still digging a hole in the ground. You're still holding a meeting. You're still doing framing. You're still doing space planning. But something that was challenging, something that was an obstacle, that was uncomfortable, that was difficult or expensive before, has now been made easier and simpler. And I think the onus is on the developers and the entrepreneurs to make sure to build, design, and present solutions like that sharp pointed tool to educate the market on, on how these tools can be sharp and pointed without being a big disruption. Uh, and I've also seen from the side of the market that professionals in construction are getting more and more understanding that, yeah, these developers have empathy for me and these tools don't have to totally change how I do my business. They can be an enhancement. They can just augment how we get the job done. Uh, and that's, I think, would be the biggest thing to clear up is that, look, you don't even need a headset to start using AR. You probably have a phone or a tablet in your superintendent fleet already that's usable for AR right now. Uh, for all you know, your architect or your designer might have an Oculus Quest at home that he and his kids or she and her kids are using every day to play video games with that could be a tool for visualizing Revit models. Uh, the stuff is here sooner than we thought it might be, and the tools don't have to disrupt how you get your job done. Yeah, I love that. So what is kind of your, your go-to recommendation for that first step of somebody that maybe is interested in AR, but they don't want to be totally disrupted. What's that kind of that first right step for them? Well, Todd, I'd say that would be to go to imagion.com. <laughs> I set you up for that one. <laughs> uh, but, but honestly, I would say um, whether you think that you want augmented reality construction conferencing or not, um, I always love to talk about this stuff, which might have come across as obvious by now, whether it's me, another founder, another influencer, somebody else with a connection to VR, AR and construction. We all love to talk about this stuff. Reach out to somebody on LinkedIn uh, and anybody worth their salt will be just as happy to talk about all of the potential ways VR and AR can add value for your business, how you can adopt it beyond just whatever piece of the market they've carved out. Um, and likewise, I'd say talk to your team, find out where those sticky problems are, because if we're really lucky, it'll be one that's not even solved yet. And that founder or that professional you talk to might start getting their gears turning on how that could be fixed next. Um, we often find that the teams that have best and most effectively adopted VR or AR, whether that's on a headset or on a tablet, started with a challenge from the job site, uh, like, hey, this guy's driving six hours, three times a month to get to a site meeting, or this project got held up because when it came time to start doing the renovation, it was totally out of bounds to the model when the walls came down. If only there was a way to have looked at that in advance. Uh, find that sticky problem and look for a professional who can help you solve it in a small pointed way. Uh, and fortunately, from what I can tell on LinkedIn, there's more and more people working in VR and AR for construction these days than there, than there ever has been before. 
The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, those open lines of communications from everybody in the company field to, to office is, is critical, but I, I find out that it, it doesn't happen as, as much as what it should. It doesn't come naturally to uh, most people to, to have those open lines. You know, I, I think construction kind of grins and, and bears and takes a lot of stuff on the, the chin instead of kind of bubbling that up of why am I driving six hours, three times a month to this when we can be much more efficient in this and, and leverage technology and save all that time. And then I can invest that into other projects that need more uh, strategy and, and different time investment there. Um, so one of the things that I, I really enjoyed when I was uh, learning about Imagion was that it, uh, to me, it allows people, gives the people the power to be more intentional with their time and, and how they leverage technology. Uh, so that's kind of my, my next question that I want to pick your brain on is, is how does technology, especially in the AR, VR, how does that allow people to be more intentional with their time and their resources? And then uh, a follow-up to that, why should they care about being intentional? Absolutely. I think you actually really touched on it earlier there, which is that in construction, we have a tendency to bury, to take on the chin, those issues. And I've talked to some other founders about why that happens. You know, it, it, it happens in every industry. Lots of companies have siloed communication, have challenges communicating the front line to the back office, but sure. it seems particularly endemic to construction. And I think it's because everybody is so busy all the time. <laughs> Whenever I go to a site to onboard a project team, it doesn't take much to onboard you to using our platform. The biggest challenge is usually keeping people at the table for more than 15 minutes because everyone's <laughs> phone is ringing with something going wrong. Uh, really, I was just recently on a customer site. I felt major empathy for the super on that project. Uh, he was apologizing to me for not having time to meet. I, I'm very sorry your phone's wrong every 10 minutes with another <laughs> disaster. Um, and it's so I think that these tools that take that add some slack, you know, that, that make some of these inefficiencies more efficient, that take those six hours and give them back to you. Uh, they're giving the, the whole industry the opportunity to get a little more introspective on what can be fixed next, on where process improvements can be made. If you're always scrambling to get the next thing done, you never have the space to figure out how you might do that better next time. And I think mm -hmm. that's one of the kind of incremental, exponential, you know, self-benefiting aspects of digitizing this industry is that as we get more efficient, it's letting us take more time and attention to how we can keep becoming more efficient. So we, we don't flip the table to start with, we make a small change, but we keep making those small changes till it's had a giant impact on the industry. So why you should care? Because it's gonna free things up to make, to let you find more ways to improve your way of doing work it's going to make your job more comfortable, more efficient. You're not just like you might not like sitting in the truck for six hours. There's other things you might not like doing on site, like taking a phone call every five minutes because something's going wrong. 
how can we keep improving that so that way your job is more about what you enjoy doing, more about building that building and getting it done and moving to the next project than it is about, oh, shoot, a generator has to be refueled on site two. And, uh, you know, Sandy was responsible for that, but then that got redirected over email and back and forth. And I'm basically quoting a real life situation uh, yeah. that I'm sure anybody listening is familiar with as well. So that's it for me. And, and I'd also say anything that saves time folks are going to care about because uh, that's our least renewable resource. We all get a very limited amount of it. Uh, and so anything that a technology can do to take away time that was being wasted or spent inefficiently and give it back to you is always going to have a major impact, even on those individual end users who might not see as much of the benefit across the whole project because their benefit is dinner with their family five nights a week. It's uh, waking up at seven o'clock instead of 4 a.m. It's starting the day on the job site with everybody else and ending it at 5.30 instead of watching a cement pour until the sun goes down. Uh, and I think that that's a big benefit that construction hasn't really been able to entertain. Uh, and I think we're finally starting to turn the corner on. Yeah, so you, you stumbled on a, a soapbox issue for me and, and that's the, uh, pushing back on we're too busy mentality because yeah, obviously everybody hears that and there's so much work and uh, projects to, to go around. Uh, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that, but I also push back on it every single time I, I hear it too, because in my opinion, you're too busy not to take the time to sit down and strategically think about it on the front side of things. That's why you're, you're falling into this kind of domino pit of you, you can't take five minutes to have the energy and the, the white space to think through how to be more efficient because you aren't taking that time. It, that if you, you stopped and you took even a couple minutes a day with a white sheet of paper and said, what am I being inefficient at today? And just wrote down anything that came to your mind in, in five minutes, you would see really big improvements pretty quickly because things would just jump out to you of, oh, this isn't right. This is annoying. People know what their their stumbling blocks and their their hurdles are. It's just taking the five minutes to relax and, and, and think through it. I think you we're we have to do that. And, and that's the the domino spiral is that people aren't doing that. And so it's compounding all these problems. I, I think we've had a tendency to assume too that there's there's not a solution. You know, look back for 30, 40 years, there hasn't been a good digital solution to a lot of problems on the job site. Partly because people weren't building it and partly because in the opinion of folks like us, not all the hardware was there yet. We didn't have augmented reality and virtual reality. So I think one thing that's going to benefit that is folks starting to see these technologies impact their day-to-day -day lives, impact their projects and think, hang on, this other problem I have, maybe there's a solution for that too. I also think it's a reason why the emergence of VDC as a discipline in this industry has had such a positive impact on the firms that have really embraced that role. It, what is the VDC department? It's essentially a department revolving around what you just described, finding ways to apply technology to improve project delivery and efficiency of work, taking that time to review outcomes and figure out what could improve the job next time. Look into your crystal ball. We're five years out, what does the construction industry look like on the technology side of things? 
Absolutely. And I think uh, first off, everybody's going to be subscribed to Imagion, of course. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but really, I think that some of the technologies that are having an impact today, uh, even a small one where you see a, a small number of teams are using overlay tech through AR on the job site, uh, but they're getting a lot of value out of it. Those technologies are going to become more and more mandatory. So the same way that digital project management using a tool like Procore or BIM 360 was a new emerging thing you could think about adopting around 2010. These days, it's nearly mandatory. I think it's going to be the same thing. Uh, if everybody in your local market saves eight hours per project manager per week on a project, you're going to need to be able to do the same way of doing business in order to compete with them on bids. Otherwise, you're just spending more time to finish the same building. Um, and I think that some of that adoption is going to be driven by other technologies that are emerging today and will have an impact for construction and for the technologies that are being leveraged in construction. One big question we always get is, how do I connect that thing to the internet out of my job site? And that challenge has become less severe since we started the company. You know, when we started this business, it was very uncommon for anybody to have broadband internet on their job site. Now we've talked to some GCs that have said, hey, we, uh, we're thinking of installing the network and selling it back to the customer when the building is done. Or of course, we've got a couple access points around site. How else would the supers get on the internet on their iPads? That's a big change from, well, there's no way you're even going to get a bar of cell service on our building. Yeah. Um, likewise, everybody's got a portable hotspot on the job site. And of course, uh, geosynchronized satellite internet is around the corner. And I think that could potentially have a very significant impact on construction. Uh, there's technologies like ours where, sure, you need to find connectivity to make it really valuable. But I think there's other technologies that can't even get invented yet until we can take it for granted that the internet is always available and it's a fast, free, you know, readily usable resource, whether your building is in downtown San Francisco or in rural North Dakota. So I think that universally available satellite internet is going to have a big impact on construction because tools that rely on the internet will be much more accessible no matter what your job is. Uh, and tools we can't even think about yet will become practical and buildable. Um, beyond that, you know, I, there was a great article. I keep bringing up bricklaying robots because there was just a great article. Where are all the bricklaying robots? Um, it, folks have been smarter than me, have been promising that automated systems are coming to construction for like five to 10 years now. So I'm going to go ahead and quote that same prediction and say that I think there's going to be automated systems in use more on the job site. Uh, whether that's an actual system on site laying the bricks or it's automated manufacturing do more, doing more prefabbing or some combination of both, uh, I think that's going to happen. And, um, you know, I think it's already starting to come true, but wearable technologies. Uh, like I said, the, to me, one of the big disruptive impacts, to quote that word again, of AR is bringing the computer to the job site in a way that's more useful in that environment. And I think that applies to AR wearables and a lot of other similar technologies as well, like uh, trip and fall detection on helmet trackers and features like that. And that's hardly even a future prediction because you can go to many GC sites around any major city in America today, you're going to see connected wearable systems in use, whether that's one person with an XR10 looking at an AR overlay uh, on an Imagion call, or it's somebody or a whole team of uh, laborers wearing hard hats connected to a uh, tracking system like weight cap. Nice. Yeah. Great point. Um, so if you had the power then to kind of snap your fingers and, and innovate one thing in the industry, what would it be? Interesting. You know, 
that's a wish list question I, I don't even dare to think about too often. Honestly, it might be let's just finish Starlink or whatever the satellite internet's going to be. Yeah. Let's bring it to the present right now because uh, there's so much time and effort wasted, in my opinion, on trying to fit the internet onto the built environment. Um, 5G is a great solution, actually. These days, we get a lot of what we need off the portable hotspot, but that gets the job done for my company. I'm wondering what other innovations are around the corner or what else even we could do with a much faster, much more reliable, uh, always ubiquitously available internet connection through something like Starlink. Um, my other, pretty selfish, but give me a pair of AR glasses that looks like Oakley's because in that case, same thing, it wouldn't just enable much more usage of our platform, but would drive innovation for a lot of other potential applications. The HoloLens is great for what it is, but it can't have the same impact as when anybody can have a pair of 3D AR glasses in their pocket, throw them on and get the job done. When you could take it for granted that every person on your job site could send you a first person 3D view of, their, of what they're looking at. Now you don't even have to leave the field trailer to see the condition of the site across the field. Sure, you can do that right now if somebody has their iPad or their HoloLens. But I think that ubiquitous ability, just like I know I can call you on a smartphone or a cell phone and you're going to pick it up and we're going to talk, having that same ability to take it for granted that everyone on your team has first person immersive computing, um, we can't even predict all the impact that could have on this business. Yeah. It takes that shiny rectangle out of the trailer. It puts the computer in the pocket on the face of everybody out in the build environment. Yeah, that'd be huge. Very cool. Uh, so how do people find out more information on Imagineon and, and connect with you? Absolutely. You can go to Imagion.com. That is I-M-A-J-I-O-N. Uh, you could also send me an email at Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N at Imagion.com. Uh, you can call me directly at 628-777-2404 if you'd like to chat. Um, we'd be happy to show you an online demo of our platform uh, it's interactive, runs right in your browser. You'll get a tour of my apartment here in San Francisco. Um, or we'd be happy to get you trying out on your job site if you've got an iPad Pro, an iPhone Pro 12, or a uh, HoloLens yourself. And of course, there's video of our app up on our site, up on Vimeo, if you'd like to see it there first. Awesome. Last question for you, Adrian. What does innovation mean to you? To me, innovation means solving somebody's problems using a technology or using any new way of doing things. In my opinion, it doesn't even have to run on electricity. Innovation can just be a smarter, faster way to get something done using the tools you're already holding, um, but maybe you weren't applying the best way before. Innovations, taking somebody else's expertise and using it to make your life easier, better, or smoother in some new way. Uh, and so I think everybody in construction innovates every day. We're always finding a clever way to get the job done, a faster way to get this task complete, a safer way to get to and from the job site on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and that's why I think the impact of construction technologies is only just at its outset. We're all innovators in this business. Uh, and these new technologies are making it possible for us to do that in a, in a bigger and more exciting way than ever before. Nice. More than agree with all that. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Adrian. Really enjoyed the, the conversation and your insights. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Todd. And my standing offer for you and anybody else is let's grab a beer in San Francisco when you're in town. So <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Sounds Todd. good. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> and now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, the role of technology is to enhance your workflow. 
Technology should be leveraged to augment a person's ability to get the job done faster with more information. Don't view it as a threat, but a partner. Second take, innovation isn't anything new and it does not have to totally change all of your processes in one fell swoop. In fact, the best innovation in change management requires taking one step at a time. Finally, yes, there is so much going on in construction. Everyone has an overflowing plate. I would argue that makes it an absolute necessity to take time to stop, create even just five minutes of daily white space and think through the impact and goals of your workflow and technology. If not, you will continue the domino effect and spin your wheels. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyatt, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.